All our pain, and most of our pleasure, it would seem, resides in our peculiar human predilection for wanting to have our cake whilst at the same time also eating it. Which is to say, experiencing the pleasure of self-denial and control, that wonderful feeling of being on top of the desire rather than the other way round, but all the same still bringing our desire, our desire may be more like life's desire, to fruition. This existential seesaw can also be achieved through a symbolic foreshadowing or signifying process. One day my prince forward slash princess will come, whilst at the same time nipping out round the back to get a little or a lot of whatever takes our fancy in whatever way we can get it. How do you make a hedonist, which is to say a human animal, hold onto their cake instead of eating it? perhaps by making the having more fulfilling in some way than the eating itself. What is it about desire, the things we fancy, that take us into this paradoxical place? Doesn't desire want to be footloose and fancy-free, unencumbered in any and every realm, including the one in which desire is most often privileged, as well as encumbered, that of eros? But we also want to be tied down, not necessarily sub-dom tied down, but verging. Tied down would be the eating, as in, here is your prince in all his finery and non-finery, now eat him. Whereas freedom, and the potential ways of having this, leave the cake untouched. Aesthetically, but perhaps in other ways too, this is obviously the superior route, maybe even the happier one. Being single and wholly self-focused, for example, allows for containment and control, a powerful form of experiential having. But we also want to be engaging with or consuming some other living being in the shape of a human animal, who nourishes or feeds us in return with something that most of us would still refer to as a relationship. Relationships often present themselves to the psyche as potential for eating some delicious cake, but they are as much about having the cake in a tin or in the cupboard or in a person we communicate with in odd snippets on our phone as much as the actual treat of that person in the flesh. Our power, or theirs, often lies in the non-eating, in the non-messy control of relating to an object in our heads rather than as a person in the real. Some people get even more of a kick from having their cake than eating it. But most of us want both. Where else might we experience this dialectic? Well, we might want to earn a decent amount of money so that we can spend a few grand each year going on holidays or buying Apple products. But we also want to earn that money in ways that are interesting or stimulating, which unfortunately the so-called free market doesn't always offer us as an option. We want to feed sweet and or fatty and or starchy foodstuffs into our faces whenever the mood takes us, but we also want to remain slim and attractive in order to feel good or appeal to the next person we pick up from the all-you-can-eat buffet of Hinge, Bumble or Tinder. 
We want to be able to want something, anything, like a three-pin plug, but in black, not in boring old white, or some tulip-shaped dotted in crystal tumblers, or a Krishnamurti biography, or a portable phone tripod, or a set of fancy-coloured balls for our dog child, or some Avena moisturising cream, or a condenser USB microphone, or a rucksack with adjustable trampoline-suspended mesh panels so that one's back won't get sweaty when hiking on a hot day. We want to have these things almost in the moment of wanting them, if at all possible or at least the next, and then send them back if they don't fulfill our expectations, no questions asked. This is also about having our cake and eating it. We want to feel into and through all the contours of our lives, but we don't want to suffer. We want someone there for us when we are struggling or need them, but not when we're busy or doing fine, when we don't have that much time to give to social interaction. We want dead flesh cooked in interesting ways on our plates, but we also want to feel good about ourselves ethically as the slaughterer or the butcher, or as in the case for most of us, the friends or children or customers or wife or husband of the slaughterer and the butcher. We want cheap as possible, but we also want good quality. We want air that our lungs might enjoy breathing, but we also want to drive and fly and build more power plants and oil refineries to keep our lives or lifestyles outfitted with all we desire at any given moment. We want to accept a handout or a favour from someone, but if possible not to have to respond in kind when it doesn't really suit us. We want to be able to exist in different shaped bodies than our cultural templates or norms might find attractive, but we still want to be desired sexually in those bodies that we find ourselves inhabiting. We don't want to feel ashamed about not being wanted, although for the most part we are all clearly not wanted by anyone, least of all by a god or ourselves. We want to be wanted, especially if we can be wanted in whatever way we bloody well choose or are chosen to exist. What else? We want to buy wonky peas at Morrison's for a pound less than the branded alternative, but we still want them to taste as sweet as the non-wonky peas, which they mostly don't. We want to go walking in the countryside in the company of other human animals, but we don't want to spend the day having our ears filled incessantly with chatter. We want to cook an elaborate meal for ourselves or our families, but we also want the kitchen to remain tidy and undisturbed, the dishes washed and put away. We want to remain undisturbed and unperturbed too, but we also want to interact and engage and be stimulated and invigorated by others in the world, which often involves a certain form of rockiness or bumps along the way. We want to wear our hearts and our sleeves, but it also shames us to do so, and yet we, or at least I, still want to do this with regard to my heart rather than just the having of it cake-like, the keeping of it in a cupboard or under the bed, waiting for someone worthy of that heart to see it or touch it. Why hide a heart or a soul with death nipping at our heels on a daily, hourly, maybe even second-by-second basis, I ask you? But naturally, we want to have our cake and eat it, which is why certain forms of conflicted desire can only become fully embodied in a creature in denial of its own potentially imminent death. We want those around us to change and modify their more irksome selves, but we only want to change those aspects of ourselves that irritate the managerial parts of the psyche rather than other people. The perfect, planogrammed self is always being patterned and refined from within as well as from without. And when we get what we want, we know it because we feel, well, I suppose, happy, contented, fulfilled. 
Yes, and sometimes we do, maybe even more often than we are willing to admit. And if not always, well, that's okay too, it all being a game and a gamble, this life. But as long as there is the potential for having and eating, that is all we need, I think. The having, though purely conceptual, is ultimately more pleasurable than the eating, especially if you have the willpower to desist, whereas for the eating, it ends almost as soon as it begins. And what's the point of that? Even if we are starving, we may not eat in order to have the cake, to have the having of it, and that is perhaps also why we are destined to suffer as human animals. The magician archetype on our tarot card has four tools with which to assist himself or others. The wand of creativity, the sword of reason, the cup of emotion, and the pentacle of materiality. The magician wields the tools of his trade, as we all do, in order to have our cake and eat it, in order to create some happiness for himself, herself, themselves, and everyone else. The magician is absolutely key, I believe, to this whole process of us having our cake and eating it. For they are the scientists, the psychologists, the life coaches and psychotherapists, the computer programmers and inventors. The magician is also the advertising executive, the film director or copywriter, getting the creeds and mimetic desires of our culture into all of our heads and even more importantly, our hearts. These magical tools are applied to the collective ongoing matter of our lives, creating through different ways of working with the material, feeling states or events which we might call experiences, such as when an ace is worked on, which often represents potential, a potential that gets modulated through either a wand or a pentacle or a sword or in a cup. Similarly, for the two, the two of duality, the three, the three of communication, the four, the four of stability, the five, the five of adversity, the six, the six of growth, the seven, the seven of faith, the eight, the eight of change, the nine, the nine of fruition, the ten, the ten of completion, the page, the page of messages, the night, the night of motion, the queen, the queen of influence, and the king of authority. Each suit is of course rounded off by a king and a queen, for we are all monarchs in the imperious realms of our own consciousness. So, my dear king and queen listener, are you ready to set out and set forth with me as I attempt this self-cure through the tarot deck, my own having the cake and eating it experience? The two of us, Yes, you and me, together, but apart for now, you in your listening mode, me in my speaking. Although I'm not entirely sure what to call this vocalisation really, as for me it's more about a kind of movement of energy, a flow, a sort of transitioning, moving as best I can with rather than against the tides of life, as opposed to any message I can throw out there in a leaky bottle. But there is movement, I think, there is change, and you are hearing it right here and now, experiencing it in yourself too. For every moment is movement and change, the biological, psychological, spiritual, cultural entities we are when speaking and listening, I think we are also always in some way in motion. Especially if, as in my case, when accompanied by a small loving creature running along beside me, I know that we may appear to be somewhat foolish in your ears. Of course this is a foolish endeavour, most podcasts are. Was that not obvious from the first few episodes in which I tried to give language to my DNA, the DNA of the fool and the magician? It is as 
language beings that I predominantly experience them, as I think I predominantly experience myself as a languaged being. For I too have nothing but language in which to clothe these inchoate feelings and flickers from the mind and the body, and I believe that it is predominantly through language in which I will certainly find some peace and connection with myself and with you. It is the language that is the therapy, not the therapy itself, I think. What is the language using us for, W.S. Graham keeps on asking me. I don't know, I really don't know, is the answer to you, William Stanley Graham, which is, I hope, an adequate response, because that's the answer you arrive at too. Quote, Have the words ever made anything of you near a kind of truth you thought you were? Have the words ever made anything of you? Have the words ever made anything of anyone near a kind of truth we thought we were? I don't know. I really don't know. But then Graham himself follows this up, speaking into my stunned silence with an answer for both of us. Quote, me neither. The words, like albatrosses, are only a doubtful touch towards you going and me lifting my hand to speak, to illustrate and observe catastrophe. What is the weather using us for, where we are ready, with all our language lines aboard? The beginning wind slaps the canvas. Are you ready? Are you ready? Why is it hard to just get along? We try, but we break our heads In my heart, I forget about Things that led to you Why don't we start to just get along? And I'll try not to make you sad And we won't part just forget about the things I said to you All we do for love Is it worth it? Can we prove its existence? All we do for love Can we do it right? Like lovers do Don't fall for stars Is what you said to me You smile Can we do it right, like love is doing? 